In this series in Romans 12 that we've been working with for several broadcasts now, we have been trying to discover how to overcome evil. We noted on our first broadcast the basic principle for overcoming evil, which God sets forth in verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we've been seeing how good can overcome evil. We saw in verse 14 that those who persecute, we are to bless and not curse. That's one way of overcoming good, uh, evil with good. The natural tendency of a sinner is to curse, to ask God to damn someone, to condemn someone, to judge someone who has wronged us. But as those who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, Paul says, if we're persecuted, instead we are to bless. Here he echoes the words and the example of Jesus Christ who prayed for those who crucified him. To bless means to ask God to do good to those who have done evil to us. And then in the last two verses that we considered, verses 15 and 16, we saw that in order to win this battle, we need also to fight the evil that exists within the church so that the church itself, the army of believers who know one another and who love one another and who seek to to uh, win this battle for Jesus Christ might be one, that this army might stand like one man against the foe, that we might have a kind of unity and sensitivity to one another and an ability to work together rather than to work against one another that grows out of a fighting of all of the evil that might destroy our joint efforts. So he says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That is, get close to them, become sensitive to them, know each other and know each other's needs as well as each other's joys. And then, three things of importance. Be of the same mind toward one another, putting each other first, thinking about the other person, not just thinking about yourself. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly not just uh, aspiring to the highest positions or working with uh, a certain clique of people in the church. And do not be wise in your own estimation, willing to seek the counsel of others, particularly when things are going wrong in our own lives and uh, getting help that we need from each other and, and willing to acknowledge that others have gifts that we do not have and to use those gifts that God has provided among us for the common good. Now he turns more directly again to the subject of how the believer is to fight and overcome the evil ones who seek to persecute and do him wrong. And they will do him wrong. We might as well assume from the outset that wrong will be done to us by unbelievers. So in verse 17, Paul says, assuming that it will happen, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. Some will fight, of course, at the drop of a hat. They snap back like an angry dog whose tail you've stepped on and snarl at the other person nipping him in the leg. That, of course, is not what a Christian should do. A Christian is never, Paul says, never to pay back evil for evil to anyone. In other words, we do not retaliate. We do not 
give back in, re- in kind. Paul says that it is so easy to do this. That's why we need this warning never to do this. Well, you say, isn't there some time when we can do it? Isn't there some situation in which it's proper? Isn't there some circumstance in which I can sock that guy who's just hit me? No, never in personal relations is this possible. Never are we to pay back evil for evil to anyone. Indeed, that is so hard, so hard a precept to follow that Paul goes on to say, respect what is right in the sight of all men. And the word respect does not really say it. Let me translate it for you literally. Plan ahead or make plans for what is right in the sight of all men. Now, what does Paul mean when he says that, to plan ahead? He's saying that it is so hard for us not to return evil for evil, but to return good for evil. It is so hard for us that we need to think ahead about how to do it. And we need to plan carefully and deliberately and plan, make actual plans for what we will do when we get into that kind of a situation. If we allow ourselves under the pressure of the moment when we've been hit in the nose, when we've been kicked in the shins, when somebody has done us in, in one way or another, if we wait to the, to the inspiration of the moment to know what to do, we're almost always going to do the wrong thing. So he says, don't respond out of your emotions. Don't respond out of the situation. Don't respond to wrongdoing out of the Uh, milieu of the battle itself, almost always your responses will be bad. Instead, plan ahead. Think about it now in the cool. Think about it as the general does when he plans for the battles that are to come. He draws them all out on the table and and works them all out and, and deploys his forces and sees what his strategies will be. He doesn't make these decisions in the heat of the battle. He makes them before the battle. If they should come this way, then I'll do this. If they should come through that channel, I'll do that. And I'll deploy my troops here, and I'll move them this way and that way. This is the way a Christian is to work. He's to think about this battle ahead of time. He's not just to go out on the field unprepared. He's to go out on the field having thought it through, knowing what to do when the enemy moves in and how to meet those wrongdoings. Now, I wonder how many of you have ever really sat down and spent a half of day even writing out things that you could do in response to the things that people have done wrong to you. Really, quite seriously. Suppose somebody uh, cheats you in business. What will you do? How will you handle it? Have you ever thought about it? Why not sit down and do so? Suppose somebody gossips about you in the neighborhood. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to handle it? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever planned as to what you will do? Suppose somebody, you fill in the blanks, whatever it is, why not today? Take some time out, or at the very earliest time possible, perhaps tomorrow, take some time out and sit down, maybe together with your husband, together with your wife, together with your parents, another a brother or sister or whoever it may be. Sit down and think about some of the things that people might do to you, evil that they might do to you and sit down and plan ways that you believe are proper, not only in the sight of God, but also in the sight of all men, as this says. Ways that are proper, that everybody 
uh, everywhere would say, uh, yes, this is, this is a good thing. You've done a, a, a beautiful thing, as that word right there means. Beautiful in the sight of all men. Plan these things ahead of time. Write them down on a piece of paper. Indeed, you could even role play a few of them in your home to see how to do it and to see what to do. Well, this is the suggestion that I give to you because the Word of God tells you that you must plan ahead. However you do it, you're going to have to plan to do it if you intend to do it well. Lord, we know that we're careless. We know that we're thoughtless. We know that we don't plan ahead. And we know that we get ourselves into trouble because of this. Help us now, Lord, to take your word and to plan, and then to meet the enemy and meet him successfully for Christ's sake. Amen.